This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 53, sitting here with Echo Charles. EC, already having a rough morning over there on your side. <laughs> doing great. Been a rough morning I for you. I feel like I mean, I'm you've doing been great. here for seven minutes. It hasn't been pleasant for you. I'm doing the best I I'm can. Just, okay. So you're still keeping a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the way the world works, right? Everybody's, everybody's allegedly different, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's a different person. And yet there's all these categories that you can put people in. And somebody asked me about this the other day, the whole introvert extrovert thing. It's a thing, Mm -hmm. right? Which is interesting that you can say that these radically different individualistic human beings, they all can be put in these categories. Mm -hmm. So introvert is a person, and this is from webmd.com, I'm citing my sources. Sure, yeah. Introvert is a person with the qualities of a personality type known as introversion, which means they feel more comfortable focusing on their inner thoughts and ideas rather than what's happening externally. They enjoy spending time with just one or two people rather than large groups or crowds. They have a list of things here. Need quiet to concentrate, are reflective, are self-aware, take time making decisions, feel comfortable being alone, don't like group work, prefer to write rather than talk, feel tired after being in a crowd, have few friendships but are very close with these friends, daydream or use their imaginations to work out a problem, retreat into their own mind to rest. Where are you at? You, you Is that you? <laughs> That's well, the main two that I heard. As far as the differentiators between introvert and extrovert. Actually, because I did hear on one hand where it's like, oh, yeah, that's not real or whatever. And then. Wait, you know, what's not real? Introvert versus extrovert. Okay. But I didn't. I put it this way. I didn't like. I wasn't like convinced. Put it that way. Okay. I thought I thought there really seems like there is such thing as introvert. Because, you know, you can just think of your friend yeah. well, or somebody. Well, there's two more we're going to get to. We're going to get to two more. One's an omnivert and one's an ambivert. We're going to get to them oh, yeah. in a second. Yeah. So there's never, other never heard of facets that. rolling in here. Yeah, but the ones, the the two defining characteristics, whatever for introvert, mm-hmm. and it's going to be opposite for extrovert, is the feel tired after being in a crowd. Is that you? Oh, me? Um, I don't Wait, why are yeah. you signaling that one out? Because that's what I heard as okay, far as the, the actual definition. Okay, it, it has to do with like people... You know, like you can be an introvert and still do well with crowds and yeah. talk good and, you know, like all this stuff and public speaking but and all this stuff. Draining. It's draining. It takes energy. Mm-hmm. And then other people in it. But <clears throat> extrovert, apparently, from what I heard, is they feel they're the opposite. When they're alone, they get like, this is like too much to be alone. I got to uh, get out and, and yeah. have like people interaction. I'm real weird because I don't care. I'll be alone and not care, but just be totally stoked, whatever, sitting there, playing guitar, writing a book, uh, just doing anything alone. I'm fine. Don't care. Yes, you are weird. (laughs) Or I can be with people hanging out and I'm fine. I'm not. It doesn't uh, use energy or anything like that. Look, you take that to the extreme sometimes. Mm -hmm. You can be like, all right, I I guess maybe this leads me towards introvert a little bit, but you take it to an extreme where you're at a thing and there's a bunch of people, then you really don't want to be around a bunch of people. So I guess that's a little bit of, makes me a little bit of a, of an introvert a little bit more, but I actually actually don't care. Yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know. I mean, if this is like a technical thing. Actually, as I'm reading this, I'm okay. Let me go extrovert. Wait, what's the technical thing? Cause I cut you off. Not well, the, as far as the technical thing, like if it's, you know, how like you can be like, 
you know, you can be in condition for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I mean, I'm kind of in shape for this. Yep. Therefore, it's not a factor. Running yep. a marathon is yep. not a factor for me. Yep. But let's face it. I'd rather do sprints or something mm-hmm. like this right, or whatever. So, so you, you might be kind of like that where you can endure a lot of extrovert activity. But at the end of the day, you're you're an actual introvert. You're just in shape for the extrovert yeah, stuff. That might be right. Uh, extrovert. Here's. A personality trait typically characterized by outgoingness, high energy, or talkativeness. In general, the t- <laughs> like it's so funny because I literally talk for a living. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you, you know, if my wife and I go to a party where I don't know people, I'm not saying anything to anybody. Yeah. We're not talking to anybody. Oh, yeah. she can, yeah. but I'm like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so it says, in general, the term refers to a state of being where someone recharges or draws energy from being with other people. Um, here's here's some some highlights. You enjoy social settings. You don't like or need a lot of alone time. You thrive around people. You're friends with many people. You prefer to talk out problems or questions. You're outgoing and optimistic. You aren't afraid to take risk, and you're flexible. That's from Psychology Today, by the way. Those two definitions. So the weird thing, thing for me is I'm I am super flexible. Yeah. And I don't and I take risks with almost I take risks very easily. I have no problem taking risks. Uh I do talk through problems, but I actually I actually usually think through problems and I let other people talk about them and I I kind of solve problems by listening to other people talk, a little trick, a little being, bit of being detached. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the extrovert. And and I guess I do as I'm sitting here reading these definitions, I guess I am more of an introvert. The weird thing is, is that I talk for a literal living. Uh so then we get to the omnivert thing. The omnivert thing is I'm trying not to read this whole definition. Uh some individuals can be both reserved and outgoing. They can assume the personality traits of both an introvert and an extrovert. That person's called an omnivert, all right? And then there's an ambivert, which is ambiverts are those who score midpoint on the introvert-extrovert scale. They can be introverted or an extrovert depending on the context or how they feel at the moment. So this is kind of like just a catch-all. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. What are we really doing here? Yeah. We're to say like, yeah, hey, there's these two things, but you can actually be anything. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. weird, right? It, that's what it seems like here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially that last this one. This just kind of like point. made me lose a lot of respect for this whole gig. <laughs> I thought we had a big topic. Unless these other people, the omnivert and ambivert, are like super rare. You know, it's like, like saying, like, hey, a car can be either black or white, or it can be any other color. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we just did. <laughs> we could have right. a big talk about, well, you know, but these cars are black oh, and these yeah. cars are white, yeah. and here, white's a little bit cooler. Uh, black shows up, uh, you know, more dirt's so a little bit of a problem, but it'd be warmer if, if you're in a cold climate. And so you kind of get in this discussion about black or white cars, and you're like, oh, but a car can be any color in the world. <laughs> so this yeah. is kind of what we just got into here. Yeah, it makes like me want to throw this whole conversation out the window, <laughs> record a different podcast. I don't know, man. It's kind of, well, you know, like astrology, right? Where? Um, oh, you mean like Sagittarius, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing? Hell yeah, the zodiac signs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And you know how the, you read your daily horoscope, yeah. whatever. And it has all these things, and it's kind of the same deal. It's like, um, man, you're very reserved, but 
but um but down to express feelings you <laughs> need it you know like <laughs> you know what i would be like back in the when i was i was like a single dude i'd be out you know in some some whatever bar hanging out talking to a girl and you know the girl would be like what you know what you know be talking for a while i'm like what sign are you this this is not 1970 by the no, way okay. this is like the in the yeah, yeah. i guess in the 90s a girl would be like, oh you know what sign are you and i'd be like oh I'd be like, oh, I'm Sagittarius. And they'd be like, oh, I knew it. Yeah, I yeah. knew you were. And then I'd say, oh, I'm actually not a Sagittarius. I was kidding. They'd be like, oh, what are you? And I'd say, um, Capricorn. Or is that a one? Yep. I'd be like, oh, I'm actually Capricorn. And they'd be like, oh, I knew it. Yeah, and I would yeah. do this to him four times. <laughs> yep. I'd be like, this stuff is stupid, what you're talking about. You Let's must, not play this game. You must be mm-hmm. on the cusp. On the cusp of? That's the thing. Oh, like, you know how oh you're like, oh, oh, your your moon is waning, Sagittarius. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're on the you're the ambivert of Capricorn. Oh, basically. dude! So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. It, a I, little bit. I, it feels there's some of those over <laughs> undertones, whatever of yeah. it. That I mean, look, we know shy people, right? We know people that are introverted, hundred percent. Yeah. We know people that are extroverted, hundred percent, and we know people that are in between. Yeah. This is my point. I guess this is just more a description yeah. instead of just trying to categorize everybody. Because yeah, because there's also people that are sort of introverted, but yeah. they also, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the psychology stuff is, oh, I say psychology, I, 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 be, I do believe, and it is like legitimate stuff because it's just like studying people and personalities and commonalities yeah. and all this stuff, so it totally makes sense. Yeah. So, But you're right, just like you're saying, like everyone's the same, but everyone's different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, like you can categorize people, but you're gonna find nuance and variation and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, now we gotta categorize the nuance. Yep. So that's a. It feels like I don't know. This is the first time me reading all this stuff with you. So, but that's what it feels like is going on. Maybe that's how astrology kind of got started. You see, what I'm saying where like they were like, oh yeah, all these people were acting way different when they were born in December, and these people were acting way different because they were born in May. See, I'm saying then there's Bro, I think like this is a trash idea. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But hey, you know, I gotta talk through it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've got like the definitions of omnivert here and ambivert. The omnivert can assume the personality traits of both an introvert and an extrovert. An ambivert exists somewhere between an extrovert and an introvert. Who was taking the time to sort of <laughs> figure yep. this out? Somebody that was trying to had to owed a paper. In their psychology <laughs> class, it was like, all right, I'm gonna create some other stuff over here. We're probably making some psychologists mad right now. Yeah, because we're probably like missing oh, so we're much missing, of like, it. Some huge you know? thing. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Let me be serious again. Uh, omnivert do not typically adapt to situations more easily. Okay, but an ambivert is able to lean into each moment and adapt to what the situation requires. And an omnivert cannot maintain a balance between introversion and extroversion all the time. But an ambivert score midpoint on the introvert extrovert scale at any given time. So they're more balanced. Mm. An omnivert do not demonstrate emotional stability as much. The ambivert typically more emotionally stable and resilient. You know, I I think I'm more of an ambivert. You know, that's, so <laughs> that's like people just give themselves the best possible rating yeah. instead of going, dude, I'm batshit crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, the omnivert show no consistency in communication, behavior, and thinking ability. I thought the omnivert sounded good, but this category is breaking out. It sounds like they're they're wild. Mm. Almost like a um. 
like a stable yet bipolar scenario where mm. they're they're like they go hard in extrovert situations and they go hard in introvert situations. That's what it seems like. Yeah. The ambivert think, act, and behave and converse in a consistent manner without any variations. Okay. So I guess the ambivert is good, but the omnivert is a little bit wild and a little bit less predictable, which depending on your situation, you know, like that's, that can be a good thing. I remember back, <laughs> back in the day, I was taking, uh, my son and I, my son was probably like seven, maybe even six, he was young. And we went to the ADCC trials in San Diego. And Jeff Glover was competing. And this is before I really knew Jeff, like I knew him kind of a little bit, but I didn't know him. Like He hadn't started working and training with us here at Victory MMA. But I, you know, obviously followed him as a sick jiu-jitsu competitor and he was fighting someone, he was going against someone. I forget who it was. But I told my son, I go, hey, this next guy that come, is coming out is crazy. He's crazy. And so Glover comes out and like does donkey guard, like flipping around, doesn't care, and then heel hooks the dude or whatever in like a minute. Mm-hmm. And my son looked at me and said, he, 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 I, he said, I thought you meant crazy. And he made like a hostile face like a mean like crazy psycho he goes i didn't he goes i thought you meant crazy and he made a hostile face he goes i didn't know you meant crazy he made like a wild (laughs) face no i meant crazy yeah yeah so sometimes crazy is good yeah and you're not gonna get to have jeff glover jujitsu unless you're a little bit crazy yeah and you're not gonna get to have you know ozzy osbourne vocals Unless you're a little bit crazy and you're not going to have Jimmy Page guitar unless you're you got to have some issues if you're going to be that There's yeah. a decent chance you're going to be a little bit crazy it feels right? that, Like that yeah, some anomalous thing going on. In yeah, your head. you're gonna have some peak Some peak kind of attribute. It's yeah. probably gonna come with some some, some wildness <laughs> in there yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do that seems like a, all right. Makes sense. Well, I feel like this was an interesting experiment in maybe not worth it, but here we are. Let's get to Q&A, dude. (laughs) No, it kind of is, because you know how, like, um, you know, we're all trying to make sense of things where you ever look at, I'm sure people look at you and be like, how can that guy be like that or whatever? Why is that guy like that? Or, 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 you know, you'll see somebody and be like, I wish I was more like that in Mm. that specific way or under those specific circumstances. Or I wish I could stay calm like that. Or I wish I could muster up that kind of energy for this, you know. So to kind of make sense of it, of everything, you know, yourself and others and stuff like that. I feel like this kind of stuff is like super helpful. I think it's good to recognize who who you are and then like Sun Tzu said, you got to recognize who you are and then you got to recognize who everyone else is. So if yeah. I know that you're an introvert and I'm like, hey, cool, I got a good sales role for your new yeah. you know, department. And you're oh, like, yeah. bro, I, I, I hate that. Yeah. Whereas if I you're a big extrovert and I said, hey, there's some great data analytics. I'd like you to spend all day in this in this cubicle looking at a computer. You're yeah. going to go mad. So yeah, yeah you got to know and have a basic understanding of people. You know, again, I didn't know that they were going to try and just like, throw these broad categories that cover yeah. everything and don't make any sense anymore. <laughs> it's kind of where I got to in my head. But yeah. I, I almost think it's better to just say there's introvert, there's extrovert, and yeah. then there's a spectrum in between, right? Yeah. You yeah. might be 
somebody that, you know, you got someone that's kind of in the middle, they could probably do sales and they could probably do analytics and they'll be okay at both. And maybe there's a role where they have to sort of do the sales analytics and talk to people and discuss them. That's probably a good role for them. If you have an introvert, Mm-hmm. Don't put them in a sales position. If you have an extrovert, don't put them in a data analytics cubicle because they're going to go crazy. Yeah. So I look at it as more, there's two sides to the spectrum. Yeah. Now look, like you said, there's probably a psychologist right now that just think, just knowing what idiots we are for yes. even talking about this thing. So to the psychologists out there, apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously are not smart about this stuff. <laughs> But I think that that what you just said makes the most sense, and this probably applies to a lot of things where it's usually a spectrum, where it's like it's not just one thing or the other, it's like a spectrum. Yeah, you know, e- even the dichotomy of leadership, the, it's a spectrum. All these dichotomies are a spectrum. So on, in the dichotomy of leadership, this is an interesting story. We, the original covers that we wanted to use for the dichotomy of leadership were like black and then fading into gray and then fading into white mm-hmm. on the bottom of the book or vice versa. Mm. So it was a, you'd see that there's a spectrum. There was degrees yeah. of change that didn't look as cool as black and white. So that's yeah. why the cover of dichotomy of leadership is a black and white cover, but it's like either black or white. But right. the reality is, Hey, look, someone's a micromanager. It's not someone's a micromanager or they're totally hands off. Yeah. There's a spectrum. Yeah. And, and by the way, sometimes I might have to be a little bit of a micromanager with you, a little bit more with Fred, mm-hmm. almost not at all with James. There's different, you know, I've got to, so I've got to work that spectrum myself. Yeah. And same things with being humble, right? Do we want to be humble? Yes. Do we, can we be a little bit too humble? Yeah, we can be a little bit too humble and still be okay. Can we wait way too humble where now we're not even protesting anything that anyone's doing? Yeah, we've gone too far. Can we be a little bit too too confident? Yeah, which is okay, he's a little bit too confident, but no big deal. Right. We, can br- we can bump him back a little bit, or all of a sudden, what, he's actually getting too confident right now. He's not training as hard as he was, or he's not preparing as much. Okay, we gotta watch out. Mm-hmm. Then he like goes all the way up to, hey, he's being arrogant, not training, thinks he can get away with whatever, and he's gonna get smashed. Yeah. So there's all these things, there's a bunch of gray area. Yeah. There's degrees. Yep. Yeah, just like the, or you know, like your car or whatever, right? You know, the red, when it goes into the red, mm-hmm. it's not just red, it goes from like the black to the, what is it, green? And the slow. Are you talking about RPMs? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever has the color meter on there with the red. I don't think cars have that anymore. Or do they? I don't know. But it just goes, actually, interestingly, I don't think you're right. I think it just goes to red. Yeah. Like you can't go over 8,500 RPMs. And when you get over 8,500, that thing's red. Oh, wait. Is that the temperature meter then? I don't know. Think of a gauge that starts with black and then the color starts. It goes green, fades into yellow. And then red. Then orange. Okay. Then red. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Think of the idea of a person <laughs> being tall. Yeah. Like there's that's a spectrum too, because yeah. you're like, okay, six, six, eight. That's that's a tall person. Yeah. Right, we'll say. Kind of universally tall at six. Eight. Let's say it's way down on the spectrum of short versus tall. Then you got maybe six foot. Still tall, right? Because you consider the median. What's the median? On the United States, from what I understand, is five nine. Okay. For so a dude. Yes. Okay. Five nine, wouldn't be tall necessarily, but it's taller than five seven. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I can't believe you're explaining this right now. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that a the, rough morning for <laughs> The idea is not that five people or people that are five 
ten or taller than five seven. That's not the point here. Mm-hmm. The point is, we say, hey, tall, short, but the reality is, it's a spectrum. Have you, you ever know, heard, of height? Have you ever heard the term short king? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing. It's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> I think for any time they say king, like yeah. king, you know, like I, I got know, that from my, my daughters. Are, like they they throw king and queen out there oh, just on stuff, you know. Tall king, short queen, like just yeah, all yeah. this stuff. I like the king one. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some Q&A while we still have anyone listening to this right, <laughs> right. right now. <clears throat> First question. <clears throat> Jocko, you obviously have a savvy business acumen. You've been a major part of the growth of Origin and Jocko Fuel as a partner slash investor, but you have major success with Echelon Front and Victory MMA. Oh, sorry. Plus, you have major success with Echelon Front and Victory MMA. In previous podcasts, you've you have alluded to your ownership of income-producing properties. As a mid-level administrator at a community college, most people would say I'm successful. But at 35 years old, I know it can achieve more, and I believe that it would that would occur by starting a business of my own. That business is currently to be determined. My question is, how did you gain your business knowledge? Was it through minimal or formal classes or self-taught, etc.? What advice would you give an aspiring entrepreneur? Thank you, and keep getting after it. And Echo and Carrie, thank you both for hitting record. <laughs> You're welcome. Damn, K-Dog. K-Dog's getting some credit over on this side. <laughs> man, huh? man, he does good work. Right <laughs> on. Uh, okay, so there's a lot going on here, but it's actually not that complicated. Um, for well, The main thing that I did throughout my life from a business perspective is listen. Listen to, listen, and I'm going to get into what that means. So I, people, I would hear people say, buy properties and keep them. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that from a SEAL, like a SEAL that was doing well. He's a pretty senior guy. Buy properties and keep them. Okay. That sounds like something to do. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. Uh, when we were starting victory MMA I was listening hey people wanted a place where they could train jiu-jitsu boxing wrestling Muay Thai lift like all in one place we were listening to that we made it there was a demand signal for it people wanted help with leadership people literally asked me for help with leadership inside their companies okay yes I can do that so there's a I can start teaching the lessons that we learned in combat. Okay, so there's a there's a, a demand signal. I'm gonna use that term probably, I'm gonna continue to use that term a lot, demand signal. Because mm. that's a thing. You understand what that means? Yes. That means people are saying we want this thing. Mm. <sighs> when we started this podcast and we started talking about jujitsu, I saw that people wanted a gi, right? They, they wouldn't start jujitsu, they needed a gi. They wanted an American gi. Okay, there's a demand signal for that. Linking up with with Pete and Origin, it's like okay, hey, people really want American Gila. You know, you're making them. Let's make them. Um, supplements. People wanted clean supplements, and and I'll tell you, I will say this. I will admit this. The first person that I listened to is myself. I want an American made gi. Now I've been wrong about many things in my life, and sometimes when it comes to some things, I'm so far off base because I think I'm not normal about some stuff. Mm-hmm. That I, that's why I have to listen to myself first, like, oh, I want an American-made gi. Then I have to say to other people, 
want that and listen to other people. Because if I just listened to myself, man, I'd be probably bankrupt right now because I'd be making some dumb, dumb shit that no one wants but mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So you have to listen. Listen to yourself. That's kind of a good first indicator of the direction to listen to. And then you have to listen. Um, do people want an online training? It's okay, make the Extreme Ownership Academy. There's a demand signal for it. People wanted a clean energy drink. Hey, I wanted that first, I'll tell you that. But guess what? I kind of talked to people about it. Everyone, there was more people than just me. So the the main thing I'm talking about is, is listening. You have to listen to what other people want. And then you have to listen when you're wrong, okay? You have to listen when you're wrong. I was trying to think, okay, when have I been? Oh, I'll give you a classic example of when I was wrong. The taste of the initial Jocko Discipline Go energy drink was based on what I thought tasted good because I had a very sensitive palate when it came to sweetness. So we put a little bit of monk fruit into our first version and I thought, man, this is sweet as could be. This tastes like, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. And I had to listen to other people in there that said, hey, it's not sweet enough. We need to put more monk fruit in there. It needs to be sweeter tasting. And I had to listen because I was wrong. So, so that's what you have to do. You have to listen to yourself, but you also have to listen to other people. And, and don't get stuck, you know, just like your ego will tell you, you know, but the, uh, other people, you need to get used to the taste, right? Like that's the wrong answer. Yeah. To ask the world to adjust to you, you have to adjust. So that's part one. Part two, or another thing, is I invest and pursue and create businesses around things that I actually know and understand at some level, right? And I'm not saying that I completely know everything, but I'm not over here trying to do you know, software engineering, start a software engineering company, because I don't know anything about software engineering. I literally, I know almost nothing about software engineering. Yeah. In fact, you could probably very comfortably say, I don't know anything about anything. it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not gonna go into a business. I'm not even going to invest really probably into a business that is a software engineering business. I don't know anything about it, and I'm, I'm not gonna be of any value, and I'm not gonna even understand what's happening. So I'm not going to invest in that business. I'm not gonna start that business. Now listen, if you're my friend and you are a great software engineer and I saw that you were doing some stuff and you said, hey, I want you to invest in this and here's what I'm gonna do with it, I would probably do it. Mm-hmm. Not some great amount of money though, mm-hmm. not some huge risk because I don't know it well enough. Mm-hmm. So stick with things that you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Look at the kind of things that I'm into. Jiu-jitsu, genes, yep. supplements, leadership. Right. These are the things that I'm doing, yeah. right? Why, because it's things I know and understand. Um, another piece of advice here is once you listen to yourself and then you kind of confirm, start small. <laughs> and everything that I've done, I've started small mm. and grown. And I grow based on going back to demand signal. So right now we have five factories for Origin USA. We have three in Maine, we have two in North Carolina. We didn't start off by saying, all right, we need to buy five factories. We need to raise, you know, tens of millions of dollars right now and buy five factories and hire 500 people and start making stuff. We, 
obviously didn't do that. Didn't do that at Echelon Front. Mm-hmm. Echelon Front was like me and Leif. Cool. We did that for a while, and then we brought one person on, Jamie, to help us with like booking flights, mm-hmm. and then two, and then three, and then more instructors, and now we got 30-something people at Echelon Front. So we grew into it. The supplements, we didn't come out with a whole supplement line in one shot, no. Like, let's see if people actually want truly good, clean supplements. Mm. If it makes a difference to people. Oh, guess what? They want joint warfare. Oh, they really want joint warfare because it's a great product. Okay, cool. How about some krill, some super krill oil? Okay, oh, they really want that. Hey, I really want, pro- I want to make a protein because I like to have protein. Are people going to be into it? Let's make one flavor. What's my favorite flavor? Mint chocolate chip. What is the first flavor we make? Mint chocolate chip. Boom. Now we have, I don't know, five or six flavors. Energy drink, same thing. So start small. We started with one flavor of energy drink. Mm-hmm. What do we have now? Seven, eight, something like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight, I think. So you're going to start small and grow. And there might be some products you kill along the way. Might be something that you go, oh, this is so cool. I've always wanted, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And no one else wants it but you. And that's not a good product to make. Yeah. So you need to be careful of that. So start your business small based on demand signal and then grow the business as you continue to assess the, the demand signal for the business. Another thing to pay attention to, what is your minimum standard of living that you're okay with and that your wife is okay with and that your kids are okay with. And then don't gamble what you can't afford to lose. Because if you've got a good, if you've got a minimum standard and your wife doesn't care if you're living in a van down by the river, you can, you can gamble more. But you have to legit make sure that she's okay with that and that the family's okay with that. She might say, no, 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 no. At a minimum, I want this three bedroom house and a garage that's a minimum. That's what we need. So don't gamble. You know, don't. That means you're not allowed to take out a loan against the house mm-hmm. to start your widget business. You might be able to take a little fifty thousand dollar home equity line of credit, okay? Because that's something you could manage through with your normal job here as a community college administrator. You could you could suck it up and maintain the house, but you're not going to put you're not going to put a four hundred thousand dollar loan against this widget business. Mm-hmm. And now, when it fails, you don't have a place to live. So you need to figure out what the minimum standard of living you're okay with, and then don't gamble what you can't afford to lose. Because in business, you can lose everything. Mm-hmm. You can lose $100,000, you can lose $500,000, you can lose a million dollars. Businesses, man, they go poof, bro. They go poof. Yeah. They disappear, big businesses. Yeah. You think there's, an, oh, wow, this is awesome, Blackberry. Mm. Remember the company Blackberry? Remember yeah. the company Blockbuster? They're, they don't exist anymore. I think there's one block, Blockbuster left in like Washington State or something. <laughs> it's a museum. Yeah, it's a, they, they made a movie about this, the last blockbuster. So you you think that your idea is good and you think everyone's going to love it, you can still fail. By the way, you can, you can actually have a great product yeah. and you can still fail. Yeah. There's so many things that go wrong, so don't gamble what you can't afford to lose. So that, that's my advice here. Listen to yourself and listen to others and listen to feedback Look for and listen for demand signal. Number two, do what you know. Don't get involved in things that you don't know anything about. 
Number three, start small and grow. And number four, don't gamble what you can't afford to lose. You have to gamble a little bit though. Just FYI. Yeah. There's gambling to be done. Yeah. You're not gonna you have to take some risk in order to get the reward. Makes sense. Do you um what how do you feel about the idea of follow your passion? Because that's kind of the thing, right? Yeah, you know, and there's like sort of this this uh these polarizing things, right? Yeah. If you follow your passion, you're gonna make millions. Yeah, yeah. And there's people that are like, don't follow your passion because if you're into freaking singing and you're not a good singer, you're gonna not gonna make any money. Right. So I think you have to do what I just said. Yeah. So passion is just not really part of the equation. No, no, I think it is. I think it's just like uh, we talked about the other day on the podcast. You got to put it in the calculus. Yeah. If you ha- if you hate uh, uh, knitting yeah. and and you start selling knitting needles or whatever. And you start posting videos about knitting, and that's how you start to sell. Mm-hmm. And now you end up in this world where you have to knit all the time, even though you hate it. That's yeah. not a good move. Yeah. So you have to put it in the calculus. You know, yeah. I mean, there's people that, hey, you know what? I like talking about leadership. I get to talk about leadership all the time. It's awesome. Yeah. If I had to talk about knitting, and I had to go do an event and talk about knitting for two hours yeah. and run a knitting workshop, I would not be into it. So. Put it in the calculus. Don't do something that you hate. Yeah. There's also people that say don't make your hobby your business because then you won't it won't be fun anymore. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things. I think I think it's not a zero in the equation. Yeah. That doesn't like just zero out the equation. You've got to say, hey, I really love jujitsu. And so we're gonna make gis, and I get to train jujitsu and wear the gi and talk to about, about the gi and why it's good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. You know, we're making hunt line. We're making, we're hunting hunting gear. I like to hunt. Cool. Okay. I can talk about it. I can go do it. Yeah. If we made a knitting line, I probably wouldn't be into it. You wouldn't be down for that. No. So put your passion into the calculus. But hey, you know what else? I might be super passionate about <sighs> video games. No, I'm trying to think of something that I like. Let's say I'm really passionate about singing. And I'm, I'm, hey, but I'm not a good singer. There's a certain point where you don't have the talent to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a lot of those like super competitive ones where like even though most things are competitive to some degree, but, you know, like singing, professional athletics, like these are like competitive things that you can physically be at a massive disadvantage. Yeah, just genetically. Genetically, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, all this, even like just, me- yeah, it'd be genetically at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But you know how, like, you know, how you have these talented people who wind up being crazy stars or whatever, yep. right? Like Jimi Hendrix or somebody, yep. you know, one of these guys. Um, and then you have like a normal person who might not have that kind of creativity, skill, mm-hmm. just, you know, how some people are more just inclined mentally, like, dang, they just pick that up like super fast. Right? Yep. And then not to mention all the work ethic and all this stuff. Because there are people who are like crazy talented at certain things, but don't, you know. Guitar is such a good example because I've used this example before. You go around to a guitar center store yeah. and you put up a thing that says, hey, I need to hire a guitarist that can play these 12 songs, most complicated, hardest songs to play. Yeah. You'll get 50 people, we'll call you. Yeah. And all of them have jobs as mechanics, waiters, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, Normal some, jobs. Something else. Yeah, yeah. not playing guitar. Yeah. Why is that? Because they got good at the mechanics of it, but there's some part of the creative aspect that they yeah. don't have. Or yeah. they haven't been lucky enough. 
because yeah. some luck's going to play in, into it. Oh, yeah, and that feels like there's a lot of luck in those kind because there is, and you got to make your own luck. Yes, yeah, and you know, and that's a spectrum too, right? Where, you know, certain things where it, and the thing is, I don't know. I, I have no idea, to be honest. But I you know that. tell us anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it feels this way for some reason. It feels like certain professions where if you go hard, if you just like work hard or whatever, you can like this, the, the yeah. probability of success is pretty high. Yep. As long as you just don't give up, you work hard, yep. study, you know, exercise some discipline, yep. whatever. But like a pro athlete or yep. a, can. a successful singer or entertainer, recording artist, whatever, like it feels like, man, you got to get lucky in way bigger of a way. Well, I would say artistic pursuits, yes. That's like the highest level of you probably gonna need some luck. <laughs> Athletic pursuits next, because let's face it, if you're freaking badass at playing football, you're gonna get scouted, you're gonna get seen. Sure, there's some level of luck, but if you're that good, you're gonna get noticed. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, you're an electrician. If you work your ass off, you're gonna be successful as an electrician. Like you are going to make good money, probably end up starting your own company, probably end up growing, probably end up running a big organization with a bunch of electricians working for you. That that and that is based a lot less on luck. Yes. It's based on hard work. Mm. So yeah, there's a spectrum of luck that's involved. I mean, some of these like uh singers I think actually, no, the highest form of luck is, because singing's kind of the same way. You go out, you grind, and you're a good singer, and you're out there, you're out there on the road, you're putting the gigs in, you're making music, like, you're you're increasing your chances of, of good things happening. Yeah. The highest level of luck has gotta be acting, yeah, right? Because you stand in a freaking line, and there's 700 people trying out for a role, yeah. and they already know what they're looking for. Yeah. And it ain't you. Yeah. So you roll in there and they're like, nope, next. Yeah. And you do that over and over and over again. So you got to get lucky enough that somebody has your, you know, uh, uh, being in mind when they wrote the role. And then the casting director, director understands that and they yeah. pick you. Yeah, and that's Hollywood shit is probably the luckiest of the lucky. Feels that way, yeah. Because you could go out and grind, man. If you're a good musician, you're at least gonna be playing some gigs. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some shit going on. People are gonna notice you. You know, if you work hard as a musician, you got a good chance of at least making a living as a musician. Yeah, you can make a living as a musician. Your chances of making a living as an actor oh, yeah. is. Seems, I think it's pretty minimal, man. Seems like plus you factor in like the connections, the networking, like connections. Yeah. You know, like. Because, you know, some actors, you kind of, then I don't know, it could be all in the eye of the beholder or mm. whatever. But, you know, some actors are like, wait, that guy or that person doesn't seem that good at acting. <laughs> but he's a good guy for that character, I guess, yeah. for the movie or what. Yeah. You know, so there's all these different things that it's yeah. like, it depends on this. And then the idea of like networking, right? And knowing this guy, knowing this agent, this agent knows, or knowing this guy, whatever. So you kind of have an in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then you got that going on. So let's say you don't have that or you don't have as much of that or whatever. Yeah. Now you're like, luck goes uh, even totally more. Right. Or the probability goes way more down. So it's like, it basically, the point is it deviates from the idea of just work hard, keep working hard, stay on the path, work hard, work hard, work hard. And it kind of deviates from that sure path, mm -hmm. you know? I'm not saying it's a sure path. I'm just saying you go, you, you yeah, I mean, for, for Obviously, as an actor, the more you work, 
hey, I'll do that freaking extra thing in the commercial. Yeah. Yep, I'll do that. I'll right. do this, whatever. What's that? Is that an extra, right? Is that what this person's called? Yeah, yeah, extra. And then you get a line in something. Yep. <laughs> Speaking part. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Why are you laughing? You're a freaking actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you I, know the gig. No, you know the gig. I, I. When I was on Billions, yeah. I was I was with a girl who has also like had a small, a very small role with me. Um, she was playing Dollar Bill's wife, so she's in the bed. She's playing the wife. Yeah, yeah. Super nice, nice woman. I I met with her. We were all there for the whole day, so you end up talking to everybody. But she was like, uh, she's like, so how long have you been acting for? And I was like. 20 minutes <laughs> and I and she was didn't let, like know who the hell I was right, of course right. and she's like oh well, like how did you get this now oh, I you know I I have a podcast or whatever I kind of explained it she goes oh okay and I go you know so I'm like how long have you been doing this and she's like 10 years it was I forget what the number was but it was a long time yeah. and she'd been on the grind yeah. and they actually gave her a line like she got a line yeah that's yeah. and I it wasn't there when we when we got there. She didn't have a line. She was just supposed to look scared. But then they yeah. gave her a line, and she was super pumped. Oh, yeah. She was like all stoked. She got a line. Yeah, that's and nice. yeah, uh, but but you could see that this this girl was actually she was working hard. You yeah. know, I think she worked uh, at at Disney for a long time, acting. You know, you're a princess. Oh, you're going to play Snow White all day. Yeah. You know, you're like dressed up like that. And then you, she did that. She did like commercials. So she's been doing this stuff for a long time. Yeah. And just, man. Yeah. It's, it's like, tough. Consider the tradi- that traditional path, right? With no necessarily like major connections. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just, you know, the tra- that's, that's what I'm talking about where, you know, and obviously Billions is a successful show. So yeah. it's still significant. Yet still, when people think successful actor, they don't think that. They think like, you know, all the A list, even maybe some B list people where their main role, supporting yeah. role, you know, the, it's not like. They're making a living from acting. I think this yeah. girl may have been making a living from No, no, actually she wasn't. I don't think. I don't really remember, but I, I'm pretty sure she had another, like a normal job. You know? And you know what's kind of like off-putting when you, if you let it get off-putting is like someone like you. Can just slide right oh, in, yeah. in front of yeah, the line. I'm sure she was. I just mean, pissed. granted, look, no, she was grand, super nice, but you know. But uh, yeah, of course, she's probably not mad at you. Mm-hmm. But that part of the system kind of seems like, oh man, this is that's, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. you personally put in a lot of other work, <laughs> yeah. You know, to kind of put really, yourself yeah. in that position yeah. to slide. I mean, they. Tra- it's weird how like that translation can be made, where it's like you do a bunch of other successful stuff, and you can just roll in here, and then so that gives you access to this yeah. other stuff. And I got it, lines, it, yeah, I got lines, got like yeah, and that's not the only show, obviously, but that's weird. It's where not you that can, obvious, bro. It's another show. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> to me, it was very obvious because I've seen both of them. Oh, yeah. But that's another part of All it. All over the big screen. <laughs> where, like, that whole uh, idea, and I'm sure this is, man, this system or the, the way that works probably applies to a lot of industries, not just entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, man, I'm working, I'm grinding, and you only get selected. Like, the selection process becomes yeah. more limited, more limited. Honestly, if I was in that world, like, if I would be just doing my own thing, I would be, like, making my own movies. On iPhone and putting them on YouTube. That's what I would do. Yeah, nowadays, that's the jam. And that's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you can't rely on these other people. You know, uh, my friend Elgin, who does sure. you know, yeah. movies and stuff, and he says the worst thing in the world is having to do, and he doesn't even like to do it anymore, is where you 
cast people. He said, because it's just broken. You're just, you sit there for hours just smashing people's dreams with a baseball bat. Yeah. You're like, they come in and you don't really have time to say, okay, you know, read these lines. They walk in, you're like, hey, this is, you know, you can leave now. Yeah. You don't even talk, you don't even give them a chance to do anything of their craft. And he said he hates it. Because he's a nice guy. And so he's like, dude, it's horrible. You know, in comes the person they're they're trying to you know make that uh, impression, and and they walk in. He goes, "You're not right for the role. You can leave now. Just get out of here." They waited in line for three and a half hours. By the way, I know for that one role in this one week that they've waited in nine other roles over the past two weeks. It's so it's heinous. So go do your own thing. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that and nowadays that's what people do. And and it's weird. You know, it's weird too now. Like no one. Like the whole Hollywood actor thing is starting to become less and less yeah, known. Yeah, like yeah. the stars are emerging from the internet in one way or another. Mm-hmm. YouTube, yeah, like yeah. these social media for sure. stars and stuff like that. Like there's a whole, especially the younger people, bro, they, <laughs> they don't know like, yeah. they, like me and you will see like Tom Cruise or something mm-hmm. and be like, oh shit, Tom Cruise, hell yeah, Top yeah. Gun all day. So bro, a lot of these young guys, like under 21 yeah. years old will be like, cool, like yeah. whatever. No, but oh yeah, they'll be like that. But they'll also be like, oh, there's you know Freddie Smith. Who's Freddie Smith? You freaking TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Or, exactly. You know, right. Oh, he's a YouTuber. That's where their stars so. are. Yeah. So that's. A, I mean, that's a kind of a side note. But the but as far as choosing a passion or a, or a business, back yeah. to the question, where it's like, yeah, like how you said, it feels like that's part of the calculus. You got to make yeah. it part of the calculus, but it can't be the the main denominator of the calculus. Yeah. All right, That's next question. Next question. A manager and our office reports to a leadership chain that doesn't observe boundaries. For example, leadership will cancel scheduled conference calls a couple of minutes before the calls are set to begin, or everyone jumps on the conference call. But leadership, and we'll wait sometimes as many as 20 minutes, and then the leadership will cancel the call and reschedule for a later time cutting or citing unspecified emergencies. The rescheduled time often conflicts with staff schedules, but staff is expected to be available regardless of prior commitments. It's demotivating, and it's a waste of resources. Plus, it's creating a lack of respect for the leadership chain that that's impacting the all all facets of the relationship. Quite frankly, it's becoming toxic. It's been difficult for me to communicate the impact of their behavior to leadership. Behavior to leadership. Any guidance or advice? Greatly appreciated. Uh, probably know where I'm going to start this off. Oh, I got some problems with my chain of command. I got to build a good relationship with my chain of command. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what I'm going to do. That's word one. I'm going to start always trying to be building a good relationship with my chain of command. As a matter of fact, I gave a I gave an answer like that on the academy yesterday, and JP sent me a text like, "I love that answer. I always saw you do that. You're always building a relationship with the chain of command." So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing, and 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 it's even more important when they're not doing good. Isn't that crazy? Hey, if you got a great leader, you don't really need that great of a relationship with them because they're already like leading you in the right direction. It's all good. When they're not good, that's when you actually have to put more effort into building a good relationship with them. How do you build a good relationship with someone? Trust, respect, listen, influence. That means you have to put some trust in them. You have to listen to them. You have to treat them with respect and you have to allow them to influence you. So we talk about that all the time, but I got to hit that. Now, what can you do to understand things from their perspective? Right? Because what's going on in the company that they've got to cancel these things? And and maybe there's a reason that they can't talk about. Maybe they're in some legal scenario where the, the, the emergencies that they're talking about are confidential. I don't know. You don't know. Well, why would they do this if it's so disruptive? 
right? I mean, when I take the time to set up meetings with someone and now I'm gonna cancel it, there's gotta be some reason that this is happening. And it can't just be, or it likely, or there's a decent chance that it's not just because I don't care about my team. And isn't there a chance or a decent chance that they don't even understand or know about this negative impact? There's a chance that they don't, hey, just cancel the meeting. They might be thinking, hey, everyone's happy that we don't have to sit on the phone for another half an hour. They're they're thinking they hooked everyone up. They're thinking it's good. Whose job is it to let them know that it's not good? It's our job. So I'm gonna build a relationship. I'm gonna try and see what their perspective is. I'm gonna try and understand it. I'm gonna maybe even ask some earnest questions about, hey, is there anything that we could do to make these meetings more likely to happen? Well, why? Well, you, could, could you, get the, you guys just get the time back. Well, actually, we've already wasted much time because we've prepared. So I would get my ducks in a row then to have those kind of questions based on some earnest questions, right? And explain the details of the impact in a nice, non-emotional, indirect manner, right? You're wasting our time. No, 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 no. You're wasting our time. That's not the right approach. Yeah. It's like, hey, do, when we have those meetings, you guys know what 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 kind of stuff we get prepared for those meetings and how much time we put into that? Because there's actually a lot of effort that goes into preparing for the meetings to get you the material that you need that we want to present to you during those meetings or to be prepared to answer your questions. Here's what we get done. Are you can are you concerned about the efficiency or time lost? Because or or how about hey, are you? aware of the impact that these last minute changes make on the team. So there was a, a, a story that I've told before about the my boss, we were in a SEAL platoon, and our boss, the SEAL platoon's boss, was making a, a plan over on another ship. And he said, yeah, you guys are gonna use helicopters to launch. So we take our boats, and we get our boats all rigged to go up in the helicopters, and we get them up onto the helicopter deck, and we get them all rigged for that kind of a launch. And he goes, actually, you guys are gonna be launching from the ship's boats. So we're gonna put your boats on these other boats. So we gotta take all the helicopter stuff out, get them ready, get them fuel, get move them to the where the other. And, and this all takes three, four, five hours. And he goes, oh, actually, no, it's gonna be helicopters again. Oh, we go back and do it all again. Mm-hmm. And we, we finally did it one more time. Damn. And I called it the whip, the whip effect, because he makes a little movement, which for him is just like, oh, oh yeah, we can launch with helicopters. No problem, sir. Yeah. Gentlemen, prepare to launch with helicopters. That's all he does, a little bit of movement. Yeah. Actually, we're gonna use boats. Oh yeah, no problem. My, my men can be prepared to move boats, or launch from the boats, boom. He yeah. moves that whip just a little bit. By the time it gets to the end, whoosh, we're getting <laughs> slung all over the place. So sometimes leaders, and in that case, our leader didn't understand that. Yeah. Didn't even understand what the hell he was doing. So let's start with some indirect questions. Let's start trying to give the leadership some understanding of the impact that they're causing, and then maybe, as time, if they don't start making adjustments, you can go, you can escalate your directness. And maybe at some point you go, hey, I just, I just want to make sure you understand what happens before, during, and after our calls and the impact that it has when we cancel them one minute before. That means none of us are meeting with clients. That means none of us are, you know, can't do anything that we pre-scheduled. We can't check any of our equipment. Nothing is happening for that hour. It takes us 40 minutes just to get re-engaged back with the world. So it's not just... We just go back to normal life. Yeah. We've wasted our preparation time, we've wasted our wait time, and we haven't prepared to do anything, and it's it's lost time. So explaining that in a less emotional way that I just explained, you can see even I was getting fired up right now. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Um, and then also on top of all that, offer some kind of a solution. How about that? Hey, you know, boss, I know a lot of times these meetings get canceled last minute. Maybe if you just made a video and you put out the word that you want us to know, then we could just hit that, you know, we could get together, we could play whether you're there or not, it's no factor. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could use some kind of a living document like, hey, here's our weekly meeting document and you put the word on there, we can read it when we want to and we can ask questions via this living document or, or Slack or one of these other communication platforms, technology platforms that allows us collaboration without actually having a meeting. So offer some freaking solutions to this gig. And you know, sometimes people like to have meetings just because their ego's driving me. It's like, oh, Gentile, I want to get together this afternoon, right? Yeah. No one wants to have that meeting. Yeah. No one wants to go to it, but the boss just wants to have a meeting because he likes to be the center of attention for a little while. Yeah. You might have to deal with that a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe we do that once a month, boss, because you know, it's really good for you to see the troops sometimes. But Slack is just more efficient, right? So you got to make some compromise. You got to figure this out. And while you're doing this, by the way, shield the troops from the impact. So if I if this happened to me twice, I'd be like, hey team, you, you guys don't need to be on, I'll, I got it. Mm-hmm. And I'll take notes and I'll tell you guys what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then my boss would say, "You know, hey, why isn't everyone else on the call? And I'd say, oh, you, you know why? Well, the last three have been canceled and it's, I just, I, I know you don't wanna waste company resources and you don't want our people not doing their jobs. So I'm, I'm here, I'm gonna take notes. I got some questions from them. I'll, I'll review those with them and I'm gonna get with the team later. So that way, you know, your company is doing more awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build the relationship. I'm gonna increase my influence with the boss and I'm gonna run a campaign. That's the other thing. This is gonna change overnight. Mm. These people don't. Obviously, they're not even aware of the negative impact this causes. So it's gonna be be a campaign. And the last thing I'm gonna say is communicate with your team and explain to them what you're doing and why you're doing it. So, hey, you know why I'm doing this? You know why I'm making these efforts? Because I wanna build a relationship so that, my, so that our boss actually listens to me so we can get these meetings either to happen or not happen and not this thing that's going on in between. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point of the, um, the boss prob- not knowing the impact or oh, whatever. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> bro, I actually did that before as the boss position mm-hmm. where I was in, not in a big company, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was, I was making these videos, right? Mm-hmm. Like these videos and you know, the videos kind of came out good. So I don't know if people thought that maybe it might've been kind of like a, like a bigger production or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was just like, no, I take, you know, three of my friends and I say, Hey, dress like this. Don't, you know, dress in a uniform. I don't right. know, whatever. Or if I, you know, it's super simple production process so this one this one guy and you know him too where he was going to play the boss mm-hmm. in a in a video that i was making or whatever and I was, so i was trying to schedule some other people and then this one girl uh, so basically the point is if if someone had to cancel i just tell like the other two people oh we canceled yeah. they'd be like oh whatever you know like it's it usually that's how it goes because mm-hmm. it's like okay my shirt that i was going to wear is just in my drawer it's not a big deal right yeah so this guy, I had never done any videos, nothing with him. He was like, oh, man, I'm fired up for this. And he was, you know, and he was he's actually a successful guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, has his own business and stuff like that. So he's like, hey, I, I even bought a new suit, like a boss suit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dang. to me, in my mind at the time, I'm thinking at the time, it's like, oh, well, he probably buys a lot of suits. You know, maybe he was just he was buying that suit anyway. And I didn't think this at the time, but I'm thinking back of what oh, my mindset was. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. So the girl can't like, you know, so time goes on. Day of the shoot, day before the shoot, the girl cancels. So I text him and be like, oh, you know, sorry, we can't do it tomorrow. He flips out. 
not not like flips out like mad at me, but like, are you kidding? Like, oh, like just baffled and surprised. And like, you could tell he was mad at me mm-hmm. for sure. Like, you tell me the day before, like, you know, I went mm-hmm. through all this stuff and like all this stuff. And Cancel I was like, appointments and oh, yeah, probably yeah. like that's that's what it felt like. And that's a perfect example where I was like, man, I, I didn't know the impact. Mm-hmm. It's totally my fault where like, you know, I didn't I, I didn't pick up on it, you right. know, where he was like. Cause he would like text me a few days, you know, yeah. every other day, and be like, "Yeah, what about this? What I'm going about this?" Over my lines again. Yeah, you know, it was like that kind <laughs> Did of. Did you ever stuff. actually make the video? No, no. I'm trying to remember what. Well, did video he? Was it he was. in it? He was not in it. Oh, no. so he just. I was scared to contact nothing. him again uh, because he was like kind of well. He's like. He has a successful business. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like no. I didn't want to like hit him up again. Hey, we're gonna do that video, <laughs> and he'd be, he'd be like cussing me out or something. So I probably lost cred with that yeah, guy. You definitely lost cred, and you didn't even follow up with him, and you put out the video eventually, and he's not in it because he kind of wanted to roll in it. I'm bro. trying to think. I remember a video with the boss, but like, I don't know. Check. Yeah. So they, well, the point the point that you're making is that a lot of times the bosses don't know the negative impact that their actions have. So we are responsible for making them aware of that. Yeah. Do it in a nice, indirect way. Do it in a way that continues to build the relationship, but that's eventually what you gotta do. And provide them solutions, real solutions. There we go. Next question. Hello, gentlemen. Big fan, avid listener all the way from Australia. My question is, is it sustainable to pursue a surveying career while also pursuing a music production hobby? I'm 26 years old. I work full-time in the surveying industry, generally banking 45 to 55 hours a week. I've also started university this year online, part-time. I'm up early every day, training every morning, and will be starting jujitsu very soon. When I, have, when I find spare time, I produce music. However, with the demands of my job, studies, and personal life, I found that I'm not spending as much time as I'd like to producing music. I've gained some traction over the year with my music and would like to continue elevating this to the point where I'm DJing and realizing music or releasing music fairly regularly. Is this possible while also building a career in surveying in in the surveying industry? Any advice would be appreciated. Well, if you want to do something, you make time for it. That's number one. And then you kind of have to prioritize what it is you want to do. So in this case, you know, if you want a surveying career and you're already in the surveying career, uh, what are you getting from going to university? How long is university going to last? If you're going to finish your degree in a year and then you can kind of, it's going to, you can get that done and get that into your into the bank, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. That maybe maybe that becomes a priority, and you go like, "Cool, I'm going to finish this thing up." And and maybe producing music isn't a priority right now because I'm going to focus on this for one more year. Or maybe you say, "Wait a second, there's no rush for me to finish college right now, and instead of taking four classes, I'm going to take one, and I'm going to finish it over the next few years, and it's not that big of a deal." So you need to prioritize what it is that you actually want to do and how it's going to benefit you in the long run because if right now what you want to do is go out drink party and be an idiot cool that's not going to help you out in the long run but if you prioritize what's going to help you strategically and you love making music and you want to be a surveyor because you think that's cool as well and it's a good job and it's a cool job and you get to be outside and you get to walk around in the in the in the j then cool the j the jungle The uh, when this dude's from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. the Australian guys would call the jungle the J. So I just had to throw that out there, man. So we're out in the J. 
and then in Guam, my first deployment, there was a there was a, a bar called the Jungle, notorious bar called the Jungle. All the bouncers there were seals. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much all of them. So we could kind of do what we wanted in there, and we used to call that place the J. So, yes, uh, you got to figure out what you're going to make happen here, and you also need to get just. You can also. I said you need to, you could also get just highly disciplined with your time management. You're working 55 hours a week, that's the high end, right? 50, 55 hours a week, you're spending 56 hours a week sleeping if you're sleeping eight hours a day. Hmm. Seven hours of jujitsu because you said you're gonna start training, seven hours of exercise, seven hours to eat meals, right? 20 hours dedicated to class. You still got 100, that's 100 and what, 52 hours taken? 168 hours in a week, you still got 16 hours that are wide open, man. <laughs> 16 hours, bro. What can you do for music production in a week with 16 hours? Think of how good, how much you could get done with 16 hours. So I think with 16 hours in a week wide open, you got this and you can definitely. The question is, is it sustainable? Bro, that's with eight hours a night of sleeping. That's with an seven hours a week in meals, right? How long does it take a meal? It only takes about 15 minutes to eat. By the way, you can skip one meal a day or two. Mm-hmm. You can get that, you can carve that number down a little bit. Man, you can get hardcore with your time management. That's what you can do. You can you not look at social media. You cannot watch Netflix. That's what you can do. I think you can make it happen. I say go for it, burn it down. Let's make it happen, dude. You're 26 years old, no, man. Go hard in the paint right now. Yeah. You don't even have basketball down there to go hard in the paint. <laughs> you go hard in the paint with this, though. That's what I'm thinking. Check. Go get it, dude. Interesting. Make those hours count. How does your message relate to those who experience work as an addiction? Oh, this is the next question. Yep, next question. Well, Yeah, this happens. And the entire message of the book, The Dichotomy of Leadership, is that if you take anything and you take it to the extreme, it can become bad. And that does include work. Does include work. So what you need to do is recognize that this work that you're doing is damaging your relationships, damaging your mental and physical health, it's damaging your life in general, if that's what's happening which it does happen. If you're addicted to work, oh, I spend 17 hours a day in the cubicle, what's your health doing? What's your mental health doing? What's your physical health doing? What's your relationships? What's going on with them? So then you need to recognize that and go, oh yeah, this is bad. By the way, even if, this is here's a nice little uh, checkmate you can put yourself in. If you wanna, if you're addicted to work and you wanna do great at work, so you stay at work all day and then you're in bad shape, you're, you're, Bad health, you're sick, can you do your job properly? No, who's gonna perform better? You, when you're a slob and physically and mentally weak and broken, or you, when you're healthy and badass, who's gonna do better work? We know, the person that can squat more can do better work. (laughs) So if you truly wanna utilize that addiction properly, you should be saying, oh, if I'm gonna perform best at work, I need to be in the best possible physical and mental health. That means I can't spend 17 hours a day in a cubicle, because that's not good. So get compulsive about making sure you're healthy. Get compulsive about making sure you've got good relationships with your, with your spouse, with your kids. What are you doing to spend time with them, helping them? 
that means you gotta you gotta schedule in exercise. You gotta schedule in family time. You gotta schedule in decompression time. You gotta schedule in time to do jujitsu or play guitar or whatever other thing you're gonna do. Because the more balanced you are, the better you're gonna perform at work. And if you're out of balance and you're just unhealthy, that's gonna be a problem. So that's what you gotta do, man. Sort of, it's the same answer for all the dichotomies, and that is you have to find balance, and that's what you have to do here. Addictions are hard, yep. and that's why I kind of like the idea of replacing the addiction with a little bit of another addiction, mm. you know, because it's kind of easier to do that. Yeah. You replace that addiction with another addiction. Make your addiction being healthy. Because yeah. that's what I see the major downfall for. If you're addicted to work, your relationships are getting trashed, your health is getting trashed, mental and physical health. So if you have crappy relationships and you have bad mental and physical health, you can't actually perform in your job the way you want to. So let's get it straightened out. Yeah, kind of like you got to establish like another mission or like a new mission kind of mindset in a way because obviously you you want to do work. That's your main jam. But the fitness thing is a good one, obviously, because you can set fitness goals and like you're not really – you're not really – held back that much mm-hmm. here's the hard part about the relationship stuff because a lot of people they escape their relationship or they yeah. they use work as an escape from the relationship yeah. if they like their work or yeah, if they're addicted to or work. if they don't like their relationship yeah exactly Even right that's what i'm saying here. yeah exactly right where and usually if they don't like their relationship or not usually i don't know because all relationships are different but sometimes it can be where it's not necessarily that they don't like the person, the other person is crazy. It's like they don't deal with, re- they don't function very well in a relationship or the, or, or very um, productively or, or uh, what do you call them? The opposite of toxic. Mm-hmm. Good. They're not good in a relationship because they just want to escape it every time, you know. So they, they use work as a thing and they got a family or whatever and the family stresses them out. So they go to work for some relief mm-hmm. in a way. So that's harder is all I'm saying. But yeah, the fitness one, that's a, that's a good little, um, Addiction you can take up. Good one to take up, man. Uh, we know about jujits and all these other ones. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a bunch. Get that jujitsu on. Yep. Speaking of which, next question. All right, last question. I'm female two stripe white belt started last summer because of you. Get Don. some girl. I'm around 120 pounds. I'm super glad to train with a number of other women close to my size. A couple of other upper belt women practice what I perceive to be lazy habits when it comes to drilling and training. That's real. Oftentimes, they will start the moves from places that seem to me to be less technical or do little things that seem like shortcuts, oftentimes failing to follow specific cues from the instructor. If I try to do the move with these elements, I'm often told by the training partners not to do things the instructor literally said to do. (laughs) We're not talking about uh, complicated things that would be... the that would be very time consuming or I'd have a whole lot of difficulty doing as a white belt. An example uh, is working arm bar from guard. Okay. And rather than starting with the partner in a realistic position to break open the guard, start passing, they'll just start postured down with arms in and tell me I need to do the same. Okay. I see what's going on. As a small person, I think it's very important to be super technical so my jujitsu is as effective as possible. Since these are people that have been practicing for a long time, I feel like calling these things out isn't the right thing to do. Also, one of the main training partners is one of the gym owners and the wife of the main coach. 
I don't want to make a fuss or be disrespectful or have anyone look down on someone whose blood, sweat, and tears made the way for me. What do you see here? Any advice? Well, yeah, you're you're actually doing the right thing. You're right not to make a big fuss about it, mm-hmm. right? Because, hey, listen, they've been doing jujitsu for longer than you, maybe for a really long time, and they're just... You can call it lazy or they just don't feel like doing it, and that's fine, but they're on the mat, yeah. right? Yeah. They're on the mat. They don't feel like, oh, this is like such a simple little thing. Just, you, hey, I'm just gonna start here. You don't need to start in the same position. We don't, I don't, I've done this 10,000 times, yeah. and the next three aren't gonna help me, so I'm skipping it. Yeah. Okay, we could say that's lazy, or you could say that maybe they're just like, hey, we're gonna focus on the part that we're not that good at yet, and that kind of leaves you a little bit in the lurch because you need to practice that part that you're not good at yet. Yeah. So you're right, don't make a big fuss about it. Um, you know what you can do is maybe say, hey, you know what, I've never done that part before. Can I try that a couple times just to make sure I'm got, I got it? Mm-hmm. And they're likely gonna say, yeah, cool, do it. Here, just do it three times in a row or four times. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. oh, you, oh, you wanna break my hands open for the arm lock? Okay, just here, do it a few times. And, and actually, if you, if you kinda ask them for a little bit of help, like, hey, I didn't really see this. Can you help me with it? Mm-hmm. Kinda give them a nice little ego massage and they're feeling good about it. They're like, oh yeah, no problem, Jennifer. <laughs> I got you. So you ask them to coach you and then and they then probably will let you do that part of the move a couple times and it's no big deal. And just just do what you can and focus on whatever part they're focused on. Cool, focus on that part too. Here's the thing, you're eventually gonna end up with more bodies to work with. Some new people are gonna show up, some new females are gonna show up that are around your size, maybe some smaller males that are looking to get better. And and, and and you'll end up with training partners that are good, that are that are as focused on those parts as you are. Hey, I can tell you right now, I I'm not the best driller, right? Yep. I'm not. I'm like, oh, you want to you want to drill something? Cool. Oh, let's do it twice, and yeah. now I'm ready to train. <laughs> That's so, real. And, and look, I'm also a person that when someone says, hey, can you drill this with me? I'm gonna try and be a good partner, mm-hmm. but eventually I'm gonna be like, hey, dude, I'm. No, I actually don't want to drill. So I've got Echo's over there calling me out. I'm going to go train with him. I don't want to work this arm lock anymore, which I've done 50,000 times and I'm always down. I get it. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're dealing with. I mean, people eventually they're like, hey, I don't really feel like doing this little part again. And there's some people that do. Some people that are totally down to drill stuff. And that's great. And you'll find some people like that in your gym that recognize the power of drilling. And I recognize the power of drilling. I still That still doesn't overcome my pre- preference just to get it on with the roll. Yeah. Or to just drill that little part that I don't know. Yeah. So, so most people recognize the power of drilling. But a lot of time it's a little bit more difficult to turn that recognition of the power of drilling to overcome the the laziness to, to drill or the excitement to go and roll or to work on something that you is new to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, you know, while in, in the meantime, while you're putting up with the people that don't want to do the whole move, cool, focus on whatever part of the technique they are working through. Focus on that part. And then after class, maybe find someone and say, hey, can I just drill this one part because I didn't really get to drill it very much. Can, can I drill this one part on you? And then drill it a few more times. Also remember that these, this drill that you're doing, this part of this drill that you're doing that you're not able to do because of people failing to wanna do it with you, that part is one one hundred millionth of jujitsu, right? Jujitsu's huge, it's huge. And so, look, I get it that 
Practice makes perfect and perfect practice makes perfect activity. So practice what you can perfectly. Don't worry about the other things. Try it with someone else and you're gonna get eventually more than enough opportunities to practice this stuff. Um, and And you're doing the right thing just by developing good relationships and like I said eventually more people will show up and you're you're probably gonna end up I've had like a series of training partners over the years who are good training partners mm-hmm. and you'll find someone that kind of fits you fits your body fits your mentality and you you know they'll show up and that's pretty much the same in any gym that you go to you're gonna it's gonna take a little while to figure out who clicks with you who is has the same mindset as you and eventually you'll find that person and you'll become really good training partners. Yeah. So yeah, that and this makes sense like how you I see what's going on by the way. And where this is what it seems like given what she explained. Yeah. You know like how it's basically like you know you play guitar. So yep. I'm imagining this where let's say you you're trying to play a song, mm-hmm. I don't know, Stairway to Heaven, yep. I don't know, whatever you guys do. And you know how some songs they have that one part that's like hard to, to to yep. nail down. So you'll just practice that one part. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what jujitsu can be yeah, in a way, yeah. except jujitsu, it's an endless song yep. with a bunch of parts that are hard. Yeah. But let's say you're struggling with one, or let's say it's a move of the day. That's like that part that's yeah. kind of hard to get down. Yeah. So the, the, And she's the, talking about a part of a part. Ex- well, yes, essentially, she's not differentiating necessarily, or put it, put it this way, she's differentiating, but she might be putting either too much or not enough significance on the differentiation. On the easy part. Yeah, so she's like, no, she wants to go do the easy part right, right, or the given yeah, part, yeah. right? So let's say this this one part of a verse is hard to do, the guitar part, yep. right? The experienced instructor people, they're just doing that little part, yep. and they're using her because there's training partners, as two people, but so they're just doing that part. But meanwhile, she wants to do the whole verse, yep. Yep. and they're like, hey, we don't have to do the whole verse kind of a thing. Yep. That's not the, you know. Yeah, and not only that, they're thinking, hey, I don't literally need to work on any other part of this. I'm wasting time. Yes, exactly. So right. I know you want to do this. Yeah. Because you don't can't play that part yet. Right. I can play everything, but this one thing over here, that's what I need to work on. Exactly so that's right. what the people are focused on. And yeah. and as the newer person, you kind of, you know, have to defer to, okay, well, looks like we're going to practice the hard part. And here's what's cool. You practice the hard part, and just your, your biomechanics are getting better. Your spatial awareness is getting better. And it'll make, by doing the little technical part, the, the less technical part will, will become easier for you and you won't even know it yeah. and then it'll be fine. So you're you're gonna be good to go. Yeah. It's what awesome she, that you're training. What she said about the, the part, right? The arm bar, right? Guard pass, uh, yeah. break it, open the guard. Like there's one element to sure to get into the position to start the guard, but that, posi- that position is less significant than the actual move. Yeah. So that position you can do that, well that one position that the, the experienced people don't wanna do, you can do that and then do a whole bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. They're two separate things, yeah. you know? And yeah, when you're more experienced, you recognize that. So you're like, yeah. I see what we're drilling today. So do we really have to waste yeah. Four seconds every single rep, yeah. you know, and plus the, is, there is an element of laziness, and yeah. it's more or less less about laziness, more about like focus of effort on yeah, what I actually manager. need to get better at. Yeah, exactly. And yes, the more senior people are taking away from a part that you're not as good yeah. at yet, but that's okay. You have to defer to them a little bit. They're more senior, and even as I just said, by getting good at that technical part, you're gonna get better at the easier part anyway. So it's all gonna work out in the end. And the most important thing is, have fun, keep training. That's outstanding. Awesome, Uh, that's it for today. Thanks for listening everybody. And you know, 
if you if you're a psychologist and you were concerned about our efforts on introverts extroverts ambiverts omniverts we apologize we apologize we're doing our best over here bringing in some (laughs) random stuff uh thanks for listening check it out if you want to talk to us on the interwebs echoes at echo charles i'm at jocko willink thanks for supporting this little zone of ours where we can all hang out we can say what we want to say we can keep getting after it appreciate it and until next time this is echo and jocko